Natural Selections is supported by Tug Hill Tomorrow Land Trust, helping kids and their families fall in love with nature. Learn more at TugHillTomorrowLandTrust.org. Let's talk about animal behavior, which I think most of us are interested in some way. We feed birds, we watch our cat, we, you know, something about animals we notice and we, we pay attention to. And uh, do we think too much in terms of groups like cats do this or chickadees all do this or, you know, this is the way that animal behaves in this situation? I mean, as a kind of a layperson, I kind of do that. But, uh, you know, what about the individuals? Right. Well, in a way, as a layperson, maybe you can free yourself of that. I mean, when you talk about, like, the cat, the chickadee does this. Well, with cats, you know, if you've had cats, (laughs) that they're all different. Yeah, my cat's different from your cat kind of thing. But chickadees, I don't know so much. You know, I see... The chickadees that come to the bird feeder. Right, exactly. and uh, All going for sunflower seeds, as far as I can tell. Yeah, so well, what you find out is there are generalities you can make, and that's kind of where you're going at from this broader thing you might find in a field guide or something mm-hmm. like that, and that's useful. You know, when or where do they live, probably. And But there's a lot of value on the individual level that a lot of scientists are now recognizing, too, that... The only way you're going to get really deep into what animals are doing is to learn individuals. And what you find out, of course, surprise, surprise, animals are individuals just like people. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a funny thing on on TV one night uh, about a group of chickadees. There are two groups of chickadees. One that grew up in the suburbs, had a pretty easy life, lots of bird feeders. One that grew up out in the the nowheres where they had to forage themselves. Those foraging chickadees were able to problem solve. Like they could find the sunflower seed hidden in the scientist's lab and the the suburban chickadees, they would have starved to death, mm. I swear. It was interesting. Yeah, there was uh, another one kind of with chickadees like that too, at, uh, studying chickadees that live up in the mountains where the weather conditions are a little tougher, let's say, than a uh, milder climate, and uh, turned out uh, they had better memory when they were storing f- seeds and things for the winter. They could find their seed caches better than other ones, too. So it's same species, but these are mountain chickadees <laughs> instead of <laughs> lowland chickadees and things like that. So that's something you'd never get unless you, you know, parsed out mm-hmm. who are these populations. But then that's just sort of dipping your toe into the waters there. But Beneath that, you start finding other things when you look on the individual level. So in that mountain chickadee study, they also found out other things like um, you might think it's better to be smarter all the time. You know, and obviously it must be. But uh, looking at those chickadees, they found other things that are still kind of mysterious about it. It turns out the ones that have the better memory, for some reason, are more likely to abandon their nests when that happens. And uh, no one quite knows why. But there's a negative feature that goes with it. And then another one was that in their flocks, they're usually in flocks, the smarter ones, you could say, are the ones with a better memory, for some reason are subordinate in the pecking order in their flocks, kind of like, you know, the nerd rejects maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so this is stuff you would never know if you just generalized. Right, right. Well, and also we're, we're using terms that we understand, like smarter, right. but maybe it's not so smart. 
Yeah, no, maybe in one just, way, but not another. Right. May not have the social skills. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> to survive in a group, yeah. There was um, an example with bumblebees, too. You don't think of them being all that different, but they are as well. And uh, there was one study where um, the scientists would put out little nectar rewards that would attract them, and they'd put a different color and see who could figure out which color goes with the best reward. And some individual bumblebees were good at it, where others were kind of clueless. Wow. So again, but that had a trade-off too, because it turns out uh, you, when things are consistent, those ones with the better problem-solving skills would consistently go to the good stuff. But in the real world, you might never know where the good stuff is, and the ones that are making mistakes could actually find the really good resource. So when they needed it, it would be a trade-off then. Fantastic. Here's to the individual. Thanks very much, Dr. Kurt Steger of Paul Smith College. I'm Martha Foley at St. Lawrence University. Natural Selections is produced by North Country Public Radio with natural sounds by Ted Mack. The program is underwritten by Paul Smith's, the College of the Adirondacks, 800-421-2605.